It's mentioned at the end of verse 3, and this is where we'll dwell on pretty much the rest of the, the lesson tonight. It says, with other my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. Amen? And so this is a famous book in the Bible. This is a famous book in the Bible, the book of life. And uh, there are several books that are mentioned in the Bible, several and let's turn over first to Daniel chapter 7. You can leave Philippians. We'll come back there later on, but um, let's go chase a few scriptures here. Daniel, the book of Daniel chapter 7. Daniel chapter 7. Daniel chapter 7. And we'll look at verse 10. Daniel chapter 7 and verse 10. And the Bible says, we'll back up to verse 9 and get some context. Uh, and it says, I beheld till the thrones were cast down, and the Ancient of Days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like pure, the pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousand thousands ministered unto him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The judgment was set, and the books, singular or plural? Plural. plural books were opened. And so the, you've got the book of life, and you've got other books that are opened. Now this is making reference to what we'll see next. Turn to Revelation chapter 20. And verse number 12, this is making reference to the white throne judgment. Sorry? We're gonna, no, we're leaving from Daniel to Revelation 20. You can leave Daniel behind. So Revelation 20 and verse 12. Now you know that uh, you've got for the Christian uh, in the church age, you've got when, when you die, to be absent from the body, present with the Lord, but you're, you're going to be facing the judgment seat of Christ. The judgment seat of Christ. And this is different from the white throne judgment. Two different judgments, okay? And you've got to get that clear in your head. That's, the two that, that's like the Old Testament and New Testament. That's the two foundational things, two judgments that you've got to be able to separate in your mind. And that's the two biggies, if you will. Uh, there's more, but those are the two main ones, the white throne judgment and the judgment seat of Christ. And so here it's talking about the judgment seat of Christ, the white throne judgment rather, sorry, verse 11, Revelation 20 verse 11, and I saw a great white throne. You say, why do you call it a great white throne? Because the Bible calls it that, amen? And him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the what? Books, singular or plural? plural? Plural. Books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every man, according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the what? Book of life was cast into the lake of fire. 
And so you have here the books, plural, that are mentioned uh, in Daniel 7 and, is, and uh, Revelation 20. And these books are opened. You say, why? Well, God is a bookkeeper. He's a bookkeeper. Uh, in the Gospels, he's described as an austere man. The Bible goes on to say in uh, Matthew chapter 5 that every, every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. Every idle word. Matthew 12 is it, brother? And uh, so every, every word spoken, you're going to have to give an account for. Every single word. And so, uh, turn over next to Exodus chapter 32. So the first one we have mentioned in the Bible is this one. Exodus 32, verse 32. So you got Genesis, then Exodus. Second book of your Bible, 32. Exodus 32. Exodus 32. And look at verse number 32. Well, we'll back up to verse number 31 to get a bit of context. And Moses returned unto the Lord and said, this, Oh, this people have sinned a great sin, and made them gods of gold. Yet now, if thou wilt forgive their sin... And by the way, if you've got that, your Bible there, that's the only time in your Bible you've got a dash. Only time it appears. And if not, blot me, I pray thee, out of the book which thou hast written... And the Lord said unto Moses, Whosoever hath sinned against me, him will I blot out of my book. And so we've got there first mentioned a book which thou hast written. So the Lord's written a book. And he mentioned, it's mentioned by Moses before Israel even entered the promised land. And so you've got another book that's mentioned by Job. Look at Job 19. So if you turn to the middle... Uh, of your Bible, open it right in the middle, you'll be in Psalms, and you turn one book to your left, you'll be in Job. Job chapter number 19. What we're doing tonight is mentioned in the book of Isaiah, it says line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little. Also mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says um, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. And you say, what's the best commentary on the Bible? The Bible. That's the best commentary you've got. And uh, that's, that'll be that way till Jesus comes. You want to study your Bible, the best tool you can have is a concordance, amen? And to run through those references and find them in the Word of God. And so Job 19 and verse 23. Job 19, verse 23. Oh, that my words were now, what? Written. Oh, that they were printed in a book. That they were graven with an iron pen and led in the rock, how long? Forever. Forever. And they are. And so uh, that's Job's desire to have one of the books written. Uh, look at the third thing here. Look at Matthew 24. Matthew 24. There's a book that's settled in heaven and abides forever. Matthew 24. First book of your New Testament. Matthew 24 and verse 35. Matthew 24 and verse 35.
the Bible says, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my what? Words shall not pass away. God's book and God's words are eternal. They don't pass away. They're forever settled in heaven. Amen? And so that's a book that's mentioned. And it abides forever. Uh, you're in Matthew. Turn one book to your left to the book of Malachi. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 16. There's a book that's mentioned. In Malachi 3.16, of God takes a remembrance of those that thought and think upon His name. Malachi chapter number 3 and verse 16, Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened. You say, what's that? They're praying. They're speaking to one another. And they're talking about the, the fear of the Lord. And, they heart, and the Lord hearkened and heard it. So what's that? That's prayer. You know what we got down on our knees tonight? We, we prayed together in different groups and we prayed over some of the same prayer requests and, and prayed for, for those things. And you say, what happens? The Lord hears those prayers enough. He hearkens unto them. And He hears and answers those prayers. Amen. And hearkened and heard it, and a book of remembrance was written before Him. For them that feared the Lord and that thought upon His name. Amen the powerful name of the Lord. And so the next one, look at Jeremiah chapter 17. Jeremiah 17. Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse number 13. There's a book which has the names of those that are written in the earth. Written in the earth. Jeremiah 17 and verse 13. You say, what, what does that matter? Well, I'll show you in just a moment. Jeremiah 17 and verse 13. O Lord, the hope of Israel, all that forsake thee shall be ashamed, and they that depart from me shall be written in the what? Well, what happened over in Revelation 20? Heaven and passed away. And death and hell gave up the dead which were in them. You don't want to be written in that book. Because they forsook the Lord. You see that? All that forsake thee shall be ashamed, and they that depart from me shall be written in the earth, because they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living waters. And uh, look over there. That's written in earth. Look at Luke chapter 10. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Third book of your New Testament. You come to a Bible-believing church, uh, you better be ready to, to take that Bible out and study. Amen. It's sad. I've, I've been in some of the newer churches, and uh, we, we've traveled a lot in our travels, my wife and I and my family, and sometimes we between meetings we have to go somewhere, and uh, we stop off at a church, and we've been at churches where the song service lasts for 45 minutes, and the preaching lasts for five minutes, and the teaching, five minutes, literally, times on the watch, it was, it was a week devotional at that, and uh, you, need, you need meat. He said, Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. And he told him that three times. You love me? Feed my sheep. Amen? And, uh, and he did. He was faithful. Luke chapter 10 and verse 20. So the contrast of a book whose names are written in the earth, you've got names who are written in heaven. Amen? Luke chapter 10 and verse 20. The Bible says, 
Notwithstanding in this, rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Amen. That's a good thing to rejoice about. Amen. And praise the Lord for that. Amen. Now, we've already read it, but I'll just make reference to it. There's a book of life that determines, and it, it, it does determine, the destinies of men. And so, the verse 20 there that we read, that's the names that are written in heaven. They're written in the book of life. And that's Revelation 20, verse 12, 12 to 15, which we've already read. Now, um, somebody can, uh, if he messes with the words of God... Look over at Revelation 22, your last book of your Bible. Now this is something as I studied, and I saw this for the first time um, as I studied this subject and kind of jumped out at me. Something I've never really seen before. And you can take it, and like I, like I say, I'll be honest with you, if I can't, um, there's places where their names are blotted out, but here, uh, if you look at Revelation 22 and verse number... Uh, look at verse number 18. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall, what? Add unto these things. God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. So, reading the next verse. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his, what? Part. Now, I've always read that for some reason as name. I don't know how many times I've read that and for some reason my mind wants to put name in there but it says part. So it says there, if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. And so, when you look at that, you see that it's not necessarily the whole name is removed from the book of life, but his part. And so, if you look at an inheritance, you mess with an inheritance, uh, and you, a, a man has three children or a family, and the parents die, and they leave, this one gets a part, that one gets a part, and that one gets a part. And it says when you, you do that, they shall part alike. So, you split up the things. And so I always read, read into that. I don't know if you're guilty of that same thing, but now I'm saying that it could be that it is the whole thing, but it also could be just part uh, on how severely you mess with God's Bible and God's words. You see, because if you read just before that, it says uh, in verse 18, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And so uh, you're going you're gonna to endure... Like it says in Galatians chapter 6, uh, He that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. And you're going to endure some heartache and headaches in life uh, because you've messed with God's words. And you take away from God's words and pervert God's words. And you say, why is that important? Well, since about um, 1881, there's been over 300 English translations that's been put out. NIV, for example. I'll give you four examples. Uh, in, a, in an NIV, over 60,000 words have taken out. You can't, and since it's the flavor of the month, the word sodomite uh, in an NIV. You can't find the word sodomite. And you say, why is that? The Old Testament uh, translator on the NIV, there was a sodomite on the committee. And on the New Testament, 
There was a New Test in the New Testament. There was a translator uh, on the NIV committee that was a sodomite. You think that word bothered them? So they took it out. So you mess with God's Bible, He'll mess with you. And and you say, what are they do? What what else? Well, in the NIV, in Matthew chapter five, uh, they re- remove a phrase called "without a cause," and you say, "What happens? It turns Jesus Christ into a sinner." In in Mark uh, chapter three, the Bible says Jesus looked round about on them with anger. He got angry. You know, the Son of God got angry. But you know, you can get angry and not sin. But if you read the NIV, they've removed that. And it says in Matthew 5, I think 22, uh, it says, if you get angry at your brother, now the King James says, without a cause, but they take that out. So the NIV says, if you get angry at your brother, you're in danger of, of the judgment. You're, in da- you're sinning. And so in an NIV, up until 2011, from the first time they published it until 2011, when they revised the NIV, um, David didn't kill Goliath. David didn't kill Goliath in NIV. And uh, in, in Acts chapter 8, verse 37, the verse is removed. You say, what does that say? If, uh, it says there in Acts chapter 8, um, he's a prerequisite to, to him getting baptized. And he said, here's water, what doth hinder me to be baptized? And they removed this entire verse. And he said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Amen. And you say, who would want that out? Satan. And it's removed completely and entirely. And so uh, you mess with that book and God will mess with you. That's just that simple. And so continuing on, um, the book of life uh, it, here, it, the, the, the book of life, you say, what, what can that also... Now here's one theory. I'll give you a theory, okay? And... There's, there, with the theory, there, there's also some credence to it. There's something to back it up. Um, in that Bible there, you've got, of course, uh, hundreds of names and numbers in that Bible, and which indicate how many people are, are, are in there. And you get bored when you get to First Chronicles and Numbers and those, even, even those books called Numbers and Chronicles. And you go there and you skip over them. Don't tell me you don't. And you say, I don't know how to read that, and I'm going to skip over that, and I, just, I don't need that. And you do that. You're guilty of it. And, and you say, what about that? Well, uh, all of those na- Hebrew names have meanings. They have meanings which match the meanings of Spanish, French, English, Japanese, German, Chinese, and Russian names, and so on. They have the equivalent to it. And, in, and I don't know if you know this in your Bible, but you're in Revelation 22. Look at Revelation 2. Revelation 2 and verse 17. <coughs> Revelation 2 and verse 17. Revelation 2, 17. When you get saved, you say, what happens? You, each saved person has a new name. We even sing a song. There's a new name written down in glory, and it's mine. Oh, yes, it's mine. And the white-robed angels sing the story. A sinner has come home. There's a new name written down in glory, and it's mine. Amen? 
And that's what happens when you get saved. You say, look at here. Verse 17, Revelation 2, 17. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and in the stone a what? A new name written, which no man knoweth, saying he that receiveth it. And so we, you say, what happens when you get to heaven? You're going to get a new name. You already got one. And it's written down. And uh, you say, what, um, what is that written down in? Uh, look at Acts 26. It's written down in Hebrew. Acts 26. Acts 26. We're going to go back to Revelation in just a moment in Revelation 19.3 and look at it as well. Acts chapter 26. Acts 26 and verse 14. The Bible says, And when we, that's the Apostle Paul, were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the what? Hebrew, Hebrew tongue. Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And so when Jesus Christ spoke to the Apostle Paul, he spoke to him in Hebrew. So, and, and uh, he said there, um, why persecutest thou me? In another place, he talked about the heavenly language. It's Hebrew. And uh, that, that Hebrew, you say, how do you know it's the language that's spoken in heaven? Look at Revelation 19 and verse 3. Revelation 19 and verse 3. What are they saying in heaven? Revelation 19.3. Uh, we can look in verse 1. And Revelation 19.1. After these things I heard a great voice of much people in saying what? Alleluia. Alleluia. That is Hebrew. Alleluia. Salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. For true and righteous are His judgments. For He hath judged... The great whore, which did corrupt the earth with her fornication, and hath avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. And again they said, Alleluia! And her smoke rose up forever and ever. Amen? And so, um, you say, so what does that mean? Well, I wouldn't dare mess with that book. Because if you cross-reference that to Revelation 22, where we just looked at, and they start messing around and taking names out, you imagine standing before God and 60,000 names taken out and words taken out and maybe one of those names was your own and something that recorded your works and what you did on this earth and it was taken out because you messed with God's words. And just a, just a thought, I don't know if that's the, the right one or not, but look over at Psalm 119 verse 89. Psalm 119. Right in the middle of your Bible, Psalm 119, verse number 89. And so in this book of life, um, the, the Bible says that their works are recorded as well in these different books and the book of life. And the part can be taken out. So their inheritance is there and the part can be messed with and marred. And so Psalm 119 verse 89. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Settled. So if you try to mar that, you might be marring your own 
new name that was written down in Hebrew. Just a thought. <laughs> and um, so the books that are mentioned in Revelation 20 and verse 12, the Bible says, and the books were opened. And, and, the, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And so you say, what was the books that were opened? Well, what's happening in Revelation 20? Heaven and earth is fled away. That's beyond the thousand-year reign of Christ, the millennial reign of Christ. So what you have is we're right now in the church age. The next event on God's timetable is the return of Jesus Christ. Uh, and we'll meet the Lord in the air, the second coming. And, then we'll, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. The tribulation begins. When it finishes, then here we come with Jesus Christ to um, riding on white horses to rule and reign with Christ. He sets up his kingdom, defeats the enemies, and sets up at the end of that tribulation, sets up his kingdom in Jerusalem and rules and reigns for 1,000 years. At the close of that 1,000 years, that's when the white throne judgment takes place. And the books are open. You say, what book, uh, what are the books that are open? How many books you got in that one right there? 66. You know what books are going to be open? Right there. That, that's what it's talking about in Revelation chapter 20 and verse number 12. That's the one. That's the books. There's 66 of them. That's the one that's going to be open. Say, so how do you get that? Turn to Romans chapter 3. Boy, you thought Bible study is going to be boring tonight, didn't you? Romans chapter 3. And if you're quick, you can get over to Psalm chapter 51. Romans 3 and Psalm 51. This is more Bible study you'll get in some churches in a year. <laughs> you get it in about a half an hour time span on a Wednesday night. Psalm 51. Romans chapter 3. You say, so what comes out? What comes out at the judgment is, is, this, is this, this King James Bible. This Word of God is going to come out. And, and uh, you say, how do you know? Look at Romans chapter 3 and look down there at verse number 4. God forbid, yea, let God be true, but every man a liar. As it is written, that thou mightest be justified in thy what? Sayings. What's God's sayings? It's what God says. What does God say? You've got what God says. Aren't you glad you don't have to guess? You don't have to wonder? I wonder what God says about something. Everything is in that book that pertains to life and godliness. Everything. Amen? And so we've got it right there. It says, Justified in thy sayings, and mightest overcome when thou art what? Who's judged? God? Is being judged? Yes. Not only is God doing the judging in the last at the white throne judgment, but guess what? The people that are coming up before Him are judging Him. Every atheist is going to come up before Him that rejected God, and they're going to all stand before Him and give an account. And you know what they're going to be doing? They're going to give every excuse known to man. And every scientist that has the scientific you know, answer and every university professor that thought they were smart, smarter than God, are going to stand before it and they're going to judge God. 
And you know what he's going to do? He's going to pull out that book right there. His sayings. And he's going to scripture, reference, and verse for every idle word and every um, smart aleck answer they've got. He's going, to, he's going to have the verse and reference for them. Chapter and verse. Look over at Psalm 51. He says, where is it written? As it is written there in Romans 3, 4, that thou mightest be justified. Somebody's judging God. They do every day. They do every day. They blame things on God every day. It's funny, it's, it's Mother Nature, this and that, and when something goes wrong, it's an act of God. You go get insurance, and they say, oh, it's a lightning strike, or it's this and that. Oh, we don't cover that. That's an act of God. You bunch of hypocrites. Thought you didn't believe in God. Mm-hmm. Psalm 51. But when it's bad, you know, and something goes wrong, it's an act of God. It's not Mother Nature. It's an act of God. They still got that in the right. Go check your insurance policies. That's the phrasing they use in 2023. Look at verse, verse uh, number 3, Psalm 51, verse 3. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee and thee only have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be what? Justified when thou what? Speakest. And be clear when thou what? Judgest. So people are judging God, but he's judging them. And you say, what are they going to be judged by? Look at, um, look at John chapter 12. Aren't you glad you got a Bible that tells you all about this? The books that are open, that book right there is going to be sitting there, front and set, center, on a pedestal, forever settled in heaven, and it's going to be right there at that white throne judgment. And that, that's going to be right there. Amen? I look at John chapter 12. You say, how do you know? Let's, let's look and let the Bible speak for itself. John chapter 12 and verse number 47. And if any man hear my words, W-O-R-D-S, that's Jesus Christ, God manifest in the flesh, and believe not, I judge him not, for I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. Verse 48. He that rejecteth me, you say, what does every atheist do? They reject Jesus Christ. He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my W-O-R-D-S hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him when? In the last day. You know the books that are open? Those 66 books right there are sprayed open just like that. And that's why you better get to know that book. Because that book is who, that's, that book right there is what, uh, even at the judgment seat of Christ, you say, what are you going to be judged? That's your standard. You're told ahead of time. You're given, don't you, didn't you like it when you had a teacher that gave you the, uh, the questions to the test ahead of time? Boy, I like teachers like that. You know what God has done? He's given you the answers to the test ahead of time. It's whether or not you're going to be lazy and not read them and not get to know them. People are going to say, well, I'll just stay ignorant and I'll go to the judgment. You know what they still say in every country around the world? Ignorance of the law is no excuse. You're still guilty. You get pulled over going, 50, going 75 in a 50-kilometer zone. The police officer pulls you over and you're going to say, well, I didn't see the stop sign. He says, you could have seen it. Well, I didn't know. And, and I didn't know I was supposed to be saved by the blood of Christ. 
And the Lord's going to say, you could have known. You could have seen it. And they hid their eyes. They were blind leaders of the blind. They followed blindly. And they didn't listen to it. Amen. That book, you say, you say that book's the one that's going to be judging them. Look at Hebrews chapter 4 and verse number 12. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. Just about finished. Some of you got more excited at, at that than anything we said tonight. <laughs> Caught you, didn't I? No. Hebrews 4.12 For the word of God is quick, it's alive. Amen? And powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner. You say, you know what a discerner is? To judge. The words that I've spoken, they shall judge you at the last day. It's going to be at the judgment. That's going to be one of the books that are open. And it says it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Amen? Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. But all things are naked and opened Unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. God sees it. And you're going to be judged by that book one day. Be judged by that book one day. Now something I wanted to make mention of so, so we don't get confused, okay? Um, and just to be clear, we believe in rightly dividing the word of truth. Okay? So what you have, mentioning this book of life, you, you, we've read and we've seen several times where... The name's not written in the book of life or that, um, that's been blotted out, okay? And if you notice in Revelation 20 and verse 12, uh, the Bible says that they, are, um, that they are being judged according to their what? Works. Are you supposed to be judged according to your works? No. no. So you know who is not going to be at the white throne judgment, uh, standing in judgment? The church age saints. The ones that are saved by grace through faith, that's us. We're not going to be on the uh, receiving side, uh, the judging side. We're actually going to be in the jury box, if you will, helping Jesus Christ to judge. The Bible says in the book of Corinthians, Know ye not that we shall judge angels? Did you know that? So when Jesus Christ pronounces judgment, you're going to have the mind of Christ and you're going to say, Amen. You're going to be, where do you think they got the idea of these, these uh, jury box? And judging with, along with judges, it fits uh, just the, the white throne judgment. And so you've got three groups of people. Um, you've, got, you've got three groups of people that are there that are being mentioned in Revelation 12. Uh, Revelation 20, verse 12, but not to confuse you. So Exodus 32, verse 32. You don't have to turn there. If you recall, he says, he says there about blotting out, blotting out your name and blotting out. And uh, you're there in Hebrews close by. Look at Revelation 3, 5. Revelation 3, 5. It's important to mention this because I don't want to get you confused. Revelation 3, 5. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not, what? Blot out. Blot out his name out of the book of life. But I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. 
Who's that applying to? Is that the church age saints? Nope. It's not. It's not the church age saints. Our, our name cannot, it's impossible for our name to be blotted out of the book of life. You say, why? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30, and also Ephesians chapter 1, verse 12 to 13, the Bible says we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. It's impossible. So we're in the church age where we are sealed. We've got the earnest of the Spirit, and we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Um, so Psalm 69, verse 28, also says you can be removed or blotted out from the book of life. Uh, but not us. We're sealed. Amen? And so you say, why is that? In the Old Testament, you had a faith and works set up. Did you not? In the tribulation, James chapter 2, and in the tribulation, you have a faith and works set up. And in the millennium, what do you have? You have a work set up. You don't, you say, why? The Bible says that um, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Jesus Christ is sitting on a throne in Jerusalem, and you can go right there and look at him. And so the, the setup is not the same as we have today by grace through faith. It's, a, it's a based on works. So now does it make sense when you read the, the Old Testament saints are going to be at the white throne judgment? You know why? There were, did they have a judgment seat of Christ? No. But were they under a work set up? You read all through that Old Testament and their promise reward after reward. Blessed are the meek for they shall inherit thee. They're promised a, a work set up. Their inheritance in the earth. And it says it over and over again about in the earth. And so their works is what follows after them. And you say, where do, they, where do they go? They show up at the white throne judgment, the Old Testament saints, the tribulation saints, and the millennial saints all show up, not to be judged of their salvation, because that's already clear, but their works are being judged. And so that's why you read in there, and it says that they were judged, and they looked in there and to see if their names were in the book of life. Why would they even do that if every single person there was condemned? Why would they even bother to get the book out? Because the ones being judged there, you've got Old Testament saints, tribulation saints, and millennial saints that are being judged for their works to see what works follow them. All right, so we'll wrap it up right there. <sighs> Amen. I know it's a lot of some heavy stuff there, but uh, exciting. Amen. Any questions tonight before we dismiss?